Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Parenthood Friday. Thank you so much for joining me. I thought that today we'd get straight into it and talk about uh, a continuation on from last Friday where I talked about how to peer pressure proof your child. A little bit difficult to say that. Try saying that fast, peer pressure proof your child. So I um, I would highly, highly encourage that you go back and have a listen. I gave you two things last week that um, you could do to start peer proof peer pressure proofing your child. And I talked about how it starts when they're very young and um, it's not something you can just, you know, get to their teenage years and go, oh, heck, whoops, that's right, peer pressure. It's not something that begins in teenage years. It begins much earlier. So just to do a really quick recap, but like I said, please go back and listen to last week. Uh, The first two things I talked about were... um, instilling conviction in your child. And I also did a whole two other podcasts around that about putting, uh, putting values and conviction inside your children. So that was all around training their moral heart and putting values in their heart to guide their behavior. Um, because these values are what is going to anchor them and keep them out of the turbulent waters of peer pressure rather than just your word. Okay. Because as they get older or when you're not there to tell them what to do, they need to have that inner knowing. So instill conviction was number one. And number two, your family, you're in the box seat. So we talked about how strong, the stronger the inside influence of your family, the weaker the outside influence of peers. So I'm going to continue today with another two things that you can do. So that will make four things all up that you can do to peer pressure proof your child. And then I'm going to do a little bit of troubleshooting at the end of the most common things that I hear parents say, uh, and I'll try and help you with those. So number one, instill conviction. Number two, uh, your family identity. Number three, make sure that they have the right friends. You are in control a lot in this area as well. A lot of people think Uh, A lot of parents think, oh, you know, my child having friendships is kind of outside of my sphere. It happens at school. Um, It happens at kindy. And what can I do? But we need to teach our kids how to make the right friends. And then we need to keep an eye on them. I used to ask my kids a lot of questions about their friends, especially once they were outside of my home and they were at kindy or they were at school. I would always talk about their friends with them. I would ask them who their friends were. And then I would, I was very involved in school too, though. Like I would, oh, this is, I've never told you guys this before. This is something you should do. I would always go into all of their classrooms and volunteer. Like, you don't want to be the stalking mum, okay? Don't over-volunteer, but, you know, I'm a teacher and I thought uh, another teacher would be um, glad for a mum like me to come in and help with reading groups. And so that really helped me to see who my kids were hanging around and what those kids were like. 
And I would ask my kids sneaky questions, I guess, just to try and find out what their friends were like. And we would have lots of conversations. And I think I've told you this before, but I used to teach my kids that their friends are kind of in a few categories. Some of them are like um, my sometimes friends. So these were the ones that I thought maybe weren't great influences. And so I would teach them, oh, they are your sometimes friends. Um, Whereas other people were their all the time friends. Like, so I kind of differentiated. So anyway, we do have a lot of power to, to parent and to teach our kids about friendships. But let's look at the more of the, the teenage years, because this is when they're more susceptible because they're, they're forming their identity. They are working out who they are and they are a lot more sensitive as they get older to what their peers think. And they're more sensitive to differences between them. Like they don't want to stand out. Remember when your kids were in primary school, they were so proud to stand out. They would do stuff that you, oh, sometimes I think, like I remember, I remember Georgia entering this talent quest and singing with her friend. Like, I don't even know if they could sing back then, but you know, they loved just doing these odd, weird kind of things where they would stand out. But as they get older, they don't want to do that. They want to, they want to fit in and be like everyone else. Because think about yourself. Do you remember how much you wanted to be part of the group and how amazing it felt when you were, like when you were included? You know, they don't want to be rejected, so they conform. And you can't stop this because this is normal. But this is the thing. We tend to think of peer pressure as negative. It, it conjures up this negativity in our mind, but peer pressure in and of itself is not actually bad. All it is, is a socializing force that challenges or shapes our thinking and behavior. Let me point this out. You and I actually adhere to peer pressure all the time, right? Like, let me give you some examples we all buy the latest clothes fashions, right? Like, you know, skinny, oh, it's my phone, whoopsie. Skinny leg jeans are not really in anymore. It's the the flare leg pants. And so what do we do? We all go out and buy the flare leg pants. Ripped jeans used to be on in, so we all wore ripped jeans. Now we don't wear them anymore. We buy the latest shoes. We all watch the same Netflix shows. We check out the latest new cafe that's opened up in our local area. This is actually all peer pressure, but this is, you probably have not noticed it because we tend to think of peer pressure as negative, but really all it is, is a socializing force that challenges or shapes our thinking and behavior. So when we all go to the same cafe and we all watch the same shows, that's because it's a socializing force at work that's shaping us. It's not a bad thing. So peer pressure is not bad. It only becomes negative when it opposes our values. So if your child is going to be influenced by peers, like we all are, then what we need to do is make sure that those peers have the same values as us. So that's why we have to be really careful who our kids are hanging around and help them make the right friends. We have to teach them, like I said early on, to identify and make good friends. Now, remember what I said last week. When a child feels loved and valued and safe and accepted within their family, they will tend to choose friends outside of their family that reflect their family. So that's we we have to really make sure that we're also providing that security at home. So we taught our kids 
to make their friends at school for the most part, just that friends at school. We, um, like I've told you guys, my kids were not in a Christian school. They're in a private school, but it's not Christian. Um, and so we didn't want them not to have friends at school. We just didn't want their friends at school who we knew were coming from very different families and very different value systems. We just didn't want them being their main friends in life because we knew that in their teenage years, their friends can do influence them greatly, just like our friends influence us. So what we did, and I do say for the most part, because Ashton in particular has got one really close friend at school that he spends a lot of time with. And I'm super happy for that because our families have quite similar values. Um, But what we did is we would talk to them about that. We would say to them, you know, your friends at school, guys, that's really great. But you know, um, just, I don't, we don't really want you hanging around with them as much outside of school. And we told them that outright and we told them why, and we didn't let them go to parties and stuff like that. Um, and what we did instead was we filled their weekends with church and youth group. So this is where their social bucket was being filled amongst families, more in alignment with our values. So we've got to protect them from negative peer pressure and then we have to provide another option. And so this leads me to number four. So if number three is making sure that they've got good friends around them, then number four uh, leads on to this, connect them with a moral community. Now, of course, you guys know I'm a Christian. I've got a Christian worldview. So for me, my moral community is my church. Um, you might have another moral community. You you might belong to a, a social club, a sports club or a dance club or I don't know, something, or you might somehow have a group of friends and you've all got the same morals as each other. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Just make sure that the whole community has the same morals or similar morals to you guys. Because it's actually not peer pressure itself that pulls young people away from their families. It's the conflict in values between you and your child. That's what pulls them away. So we talked about family identity being one way to put those values in them and to protect them from peer pressure. But the other way is to connect them with a a community outside of your family, a moral community, and be in a community where other parents are teaching their kids the same things that you're teaching yours. So I know for me, the absolute beauty of my kids loving their kids' church leaders and their youth group leaders, guys, they are like utter gold in your lives. They, I was just forever grateful for my kids' kids' church leaders and youth leaders because uh, I could tell my kids something and they'd be like, yeah, 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 mum, yeah, yeah, dad. But if their youth leader said it, they were like, yeah, absolutely. They were all on board. So they will tell your child or your teenager the same things that you do, but it will be better accepted by your child from someone else, especially as they get older. As they become teenagers, they will be more willing to listen to a youth leader than they will to you guys. So 
I remember when Georgia wanted to start wearing bikinis to go to the beach and hello, we live in Queensland, honestly, like it's ridiculous. The girls hardly wear anything. If Okay. That's for another podcast. I think I might've podcasted on this before, but honestly, it's just like, all I see on the beach is um, bums, B-U-M, like bums, you know, bottoms. Uh, Anyway, Georgia wanted to start wearing bikinis. I was not happy with that. Cameron wasn't happy with that, but I didn't even have to say anything because when their youth leaders, their girl youth leaders would take them to the beach, they would have that talk with them and why and how to dress at the beach. And look, and I'm not saying they had to be flipping like, you know, Amish and dress like neck to knee, but it just was so good that there were other people in our moral community that had the same values that I could trust would be teaching my kids and instilling the same values in my kids that we were. And so shared values between your family and your community results in protection from negative peer pressure and it results instead in positive peer pressure. Okie doke. So that rounds out my four ways that you guys can peer pressure proof your child. So let me just go over those if I can remember. Number one, instill good convictions in them. And I've done whole entire podcasts on that. Number two, create a strong family identity. And that's something that's super important uh, that you need to do consistently. Number three, make sure they have the right friends and do this from when they're little. And number four, uh, connect them with a moral community. Okay. So they're the four things that you can do to help peer pressure proof them and to put positive peer pressure around them. Okay. Let's do a little bit of troubleshooting. These would probably be the top three things that I hear parents questioning about or struggling with when it comes to their teenager um, or even their younger child and their friendship groups, their their peer groups. And the first one would be this. Um, My teen is starting to hang around the wrong crowd. What can I do? I hear that a lot. I've had a few parents come into my DMs and ask me that. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I wish I'd discovered your podcast when they were little and I started teaching them when they were little, but I didn't. And even if you have done, by the way, you know, it's no guarantee. So what do you do if your kid is starting to hang around the wrong crowd and they're older? Let me, let me just give you a little bit of uh, encouragement. You are not powerless. Okay. You don't have to think to yourself, well, it's too late. They're too old. What am I going to do? You're not powerless while they're in your home. You can have influence and there is hope. So firstly, just be aware that they could actually be hanging around the same kids that they were hanging around in year three or four. It's just that you didn't notice. Okay. And the moral disparity wasn't as obvious. That's going to be difficult because they're going to be like, well, you let me hang around them when we were in year three and year four and year five, mum. why won't you let me hang around them now? So that could be a, a barrier for you, a challenge, I should say. But if your teen is hanging around the wrong crowd, Any attempt you take to bring them back from that, and yes, you do need to attempt to bring them back. Don't just let it hang. Don't just say nothing. Don't just um, think you've got no power and let it be. But any attempt that you do to intervene in that needs to be through the power of your relationship. This is why it's really important to make sure that you've got a good relationship with your teenager, that you have good conversations and, and you can get along well together. So, 
You need to use the power of your relationship. And how do you do that? You need to have a good, honest talk with them. You know, remind them who they are and remind them who your family are and what you expect. Uh, You can point out the negative sides of their lifestyles. Don't criticize their friends. I'm telling you, if you, if you fully criticize their friends, they, it will just turn them off and they will just stick up for them even more. Um, but you could point out maybe using other people or other stories, the negative sides of the lifestyles of these peers and talk to them about where that can lead, but don't have these conversations in the middle of a conflict. Okay. Pick your time wisely. So pick the time when, you know, not, not in the middle of them about to ask, you know, mom, can I go hang out with, with, uh, Juliet? And you're like, no, I don't like Juliet. You're not hanging out with her. That is a, not a good time to have a conversation and criticizing her friend is just going to make her more angry. So wait until their guard is down and they're relaxed and they're soft hearted and there's no tension and appeal to your teen's heart and to their values Give them a little bit of kudos to make their own decision. Don't tell them what to do. You want to lead them to making their own decision because that will make them feel more empowered, like they're in control rather than you. So ask them, you know, what characteristics are they drawn to in these friends? And are those characteristics going to help them achieve their their goals in life? So try and let them come through to their own conclusions through your conversations. All right. And the other thing is be ready to have an alternative for them. So if you don't want them to hang out with their friend on Saturday night, have a darn good alternative that makes them go, oh, cool. Okay. Good option. All right. All right. Troubleshooting number two, my teenager would do anything to be accepted and I'm worried. Okay. This this is concerning. If you're watching your teen and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm watching them compromise everything or anything in order to be accepted. What you need to do in that situation is get to the heart of it, get to the root of why. Why is your child so desperate to be accepted? Um, and really like, I would be praying about that. I would be having conversations where I'm trying to get into their heart and I'd be like, Holy spirit, please help me understand what is the root and what's going on. Is it that they have a lack of confidence, um, in themselves? Is it that they are struggling to like themselves and they have got poor self-esteem and poor identity or insecurity, Or maybe your family is not providing enough of an emotional safe space. And so they're looking outside of that. Are you giving them enough time or are you too busy? Is your family scattered in a thousand directions and there's no security at home and they're looking outside of themselves? So you need to be honest with yourself and you need to be honest with them. And I would say rather than attacking the behavior um, get to the root and the heart and work on that. Okay. All right. And the final troubleshooting is this. I hear this one and this makes me sad sometimes, not sometimes makes me sad whenever I hear it, but my child seems to be rejected and left out by their peers. This is heartbreaking to watch. What can I do? All right. If you are watching your teen and they seem to be on the outer and they're rejected, guys, this is actually a really good life lesson for them, but you can take a two-pronged approach. Firstly, a little bit like the last one, 
talk to your son or your daughter about why they so badly want to be accepted by that particular group. And again, your kids, you've brought them up to have good values and good morals. So appeal to that. Ask your child, what are these these kids at school going to add to their life? Are they really the kind of people you want in your inner circle? That's the first thing I would do. But the second thing is, this is a great life lesson. I would very gently teach the hard truth that sometimes life is not fair and that insecure people reject others and confident people welcome new friends. So these are the kids that are rejecting you and leaving you out they're actually insecure. They're not confident within themselves. So teach your child, yes, rejection hurts. And now that you know what it's like to feel outcast and to be rejected, now you know how not to treat other people. Remind them also that it won't always be this way, that kids at that age can be really brutal. Even adults sometimes can be brutal, but it won't always be that way. And just remind your teen to remember how awful it feels to be rejected so that they can make sure that they never do that to other people. And I would encourage them to make their own group, go and seek friends from outside of that group and reassure. This is the other thing I did all the time with my kids. I um, And maybe this helped put confidence in them, but I always reassured my kids, anyone that it gets to be friends with you is really blessed and lucky. Because I knew that my kids, I mean, look, my kids certainly were not perfect and they could absolutely have their moments, but for the most part, they were really good kids and they were really good to other people. And they still are like that now for the most part. Um, So I just put that confidence in them that, you know, anyone is lucky to be your friend. Whereas I think I've told you guys this before, my mum probably did the worst thing in this area. I was very shy growing up and I did lack confidence And, um, my mom used to say to me, Oh, you're just like me, dear. You find it hard to make friends. Well, that sucked. That's the worst advice ever. Don't say that to your child. What my mom should have done instead. Cause then, then it kind of resigned me to the fact that, Oh, cause my mom to this day does not have many friends. And, um, that kind of gave me no hope that left me helpless. Like, great. I'm going to be like this the rest of my life. Like it took away, it, it disempowered me. What my mum should have said, and which I've always said to my kids, if you are a good friend to others, then you'll have lots of friends. The amount of friends that you have is totally up to you. You be a good friend and you have friends. You be the one to move towards other people. Whereas my mum was kind of more the victim. Like she was like, oh, I don't have many friends. And and kind of like it looked with her hands in the air, like, oh, that's not my fault. That's everyone else's fault. And then taught me the same thing. But I very quickly learned in my teenage years when I went to our youth group and all of a sudden I had so many friends, I was like, I was amazed and so excited. And that's when I realized, hang on a second, that's not true. And so I took my power back and I thought, no, I I am going to have lots of friends because I'm going to be the one to make friends. I'm going to be the one to draw people together. I'm going to be the one to move towards people. I hear this in church communities, guys. I'm totally on a rant now, but just bear with me for a second. I hear this in church communities. Um, I've heard it recently where people are like, um, you know, they've been in, in a church community for ages and, oh, I've got no friends. Um, I don't know how, you know, it's clicky. I'm like, what? 
I mean, there's no excuse for people that treat other people, you know, with exclusivity. But for the most part, most most groups are actually not clicky. That is a misperception on our part. It's just that a group of people have found their people and so they're friends with one another. And then the insecure people look at that and judge that and call it clicky. But it's like, well, no, why don't you go and make a group and you have a group of friends and then you invite everyone in? Because to be honest, the people that I see other people call clicky, I've never actually seen them disclude people. They actually don't. They do include people, but they just, it, it is natural and normal to get along with some people better than others. That is life and that's okay. So anyway, what was my rant about? Um, so yeah, so no, don't use that excuse in a church group either and never let your kids use this as an excuse, okay? So if you're in a, in a church community and you're like, oh, I don't have any friends, go and make friends. Go and move towards people. Invite people out. You be the leader of pulling people together. So don't be the victim. If I ever hear people say that, it makes me so cranky because I'm like, no, you're being a victim um, because for the most part, people are really friendly. So anyway, there's my rant, guys. Did you enjoy that? That was the ramble ramble. Anyway, so so there you go. There's uh, two episodes for you on peer pressure proofing your child, plus the other week I did two uh, on uh, raising kids of conviction. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. So there you are. Um, if you did not listen to Wednesday's podcast, guys, go back and listen before you have to vote on Saturday, May 21, we're voting. I unpacked it all as simply as I could. Quite a few people have messaged me and said, oh my gosh, thank the Lord, because now I understand what I'm doing. So go and listen to that. And then next Wednesday, I'm either going to unpack what happens with the election, if it's podcast worthy, or I'm going to continue on about a little bit similar to what I've been talking about today uh, around um, what young adults want in church, which turns out to be community and friends. And how can we make that happen? Especially on the back of this, when I've talked about how people complain, because we get to do something about it rather than complain. Guys, I love you. Thank you for joining me. Have a wonderful week and I will be with you on Wednesday. Bye.